Are you looking for more ways to learn about military and veteran culture? Are you a mental health professional or public health professional without lived experience in the military but find yourself working with veterans? Are you a caregiver or a family member of a veteran? Then you might be interested in a series of books that have been released with you in mind. By going to VeteranMentalHealth.com forward slash books, you can check out three books that give you an insight into veteran mental health from a combat veteran perspective. These books are a collection of short, consumable essays that discuss a wide range of topics related to mental health and wellness in post-military life. Head on over to VeteranMentalHealth.com forward slash books and check them out for yourself or follow the link in the show notes. Welcome to episode 62 of the Headspace and Timing podcast, a show brought to you by the Change Your POV podcast network. This is a special Father's Day episode as it's being released on Father's Day 2018 rather than the typical Tuesday release for the show. Today, I'm talking to Pam Salsby, a military family member and author of a children's book, Ashley's High Five for Daddy. Pam's book, although short, gives a great look at how Ashley's father returns from Afghanistan and how she and her family adjust to the obvious changes in him and the changes to the family. And I don't believe that um, silence is an answer to uh, what's going on in a family as it relates to um, the the rhythm of the household being um, disturbed in a big way or in a small way uh, due to something that's that's different with with the parent. I don't believe that silence is an answer. And that there's a way to open communication, and then you can say, well, and we'll, we can talk some more about this later. But you know, let's let's enjoy and and love each other through what's going on. I think that's that's very possible and very necessary. Welcome to the Change Your POV Podcast Network. You're listening to Headspace and Timing, a show dedicated to breaking down the stereotypes about veteran mental health. My name's Dwayne France, and I'm a combat veteran of both Iraq and Afghanistan. After I retired from the Army, I took on a new mission as a clinical mental health counselor for my fellow service members. If you served in any branch of the military, you're familiar with the M2 machine gun, the 50 cal. It's one of the most effective weapons in the military's arsenal. If the weapon's headspace and timing wasn't set right, however, it was just a huge useless chunk of metal. Veterans can be rendered inoperable if their headspace and timing isn't set correctly either. That's my goal with this show, to change the way that we think and talk about veteran mental health and reduce the stigma against seeking support. Each week, we'll talk with mental health professionals, veterans, and those who support veterans, service members, and their families. We're going to have real and honest conversations about a topic that most just don't like to talk about, veteran mental health. Let's jump into this week's conversation. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Headspace and Timing, a podcast dedicated to changing the way that we think and talk about veteran mental health. Uh, I like to thank you, as always, for taking the time to listen to the show and uh, and kind of uh, hear what we're talking about. Uh, today's guest is uh, is something pretty interesting, as you well know. We try to highlight those individuals who may have. Uh, maybe veterans who have some experience, uh, some mental health providers who work with veterans in mental health. Uh, but today's guest is a little bit unique in that uh, she has taken her time to not only support veterans with mental health, um, but also try to access veteran and military family mental health in a unique way. Uh, so I'd like to introduce my guest today, Pam Salsby. Pam, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dwayne. It's great to be with you. And um 
to all of your listeners who may be veterans, I just want to first off say thank you for your service to our country and for protecting our freedoms. You know, that's uh, that's really great. And uh, and obviously, you and I had talked before um, and and veterans hear that a lot. And sometimes they question its sincerity. Uh, and I definitely would like to, to tell the listeners that Pam is very sincere about this, of course. Um, you have a background of serving veterans uh, in a couple of different ways, right, Pam? On a, on a couple of different fronts. Yes, I do. I can first of all say that I am an Army brat. <laughs> I was born at Fort Benning, Georgia. Um, so my dad um, is a veteran. And um, I've always had veterans issues um, close to my heart and my head since uh, a little girl uh, coming of age. Uh, Growing up and and doing what I do now is just uh, trying to be of service in any way that I can to veterans. Uh, In addition to the book, I've done a music project. I'm also a vocal artist. uh, saluting and highlighting the achievements of our uh, courageous men and women who serve. As a journalist and a um, news reporter, I had the the pleasure, the distinction, the honor of um, having a beat, if you will, a special assignment, a regular assignment of covering issues related to veterans, uh, their uh, military life and their families, kind of like just shedding a light or shining a light on the good, the bad, uh, yes, and, and the ugly. Um, and I've worked with different um, nonprofits who uh, support veterans. And I had my own production unit. I called it Pam Cam because I had my own video camera and software. And I just went in my community right at the time I was living in Raleigh, North Carolina. And I would just uh, you know, talk to veterans, talk to their families and have them express whatever was on their minds on any given day based on uh, issues in the news uh, that were front and center and hot topics. So um, I I just enjoy uh, being of service, and I don't want veterans to ever forget um, or or ever have a feeling that they are forgotten. And so if it means um, there is war fatigue or battle fatigue among the American public who sometimes wonder, are we still at war? And it's like, yes, we are. You know, men and women are still bleeding and and dying for our country. Um, I just want to keep uh, veterans and their issues at the forefront and make sure that um, we as a country, as a society, um, do right by them. Yeah, and and that's uh, that's that's really great in that uh, even those who haven't served can continue to serve in different ways. Um, But you also have a unique connection um, directly to to veteran mental health. And, and as you and I had talked before, uh, you had an experience, uh, an opportunity to work with veterans uh, specifically um, around mental health. Uh, yes, uh, I'm a volunteer at the Washington, D.C. VA, and um, I worked in patient advocacy and experience. And right now I'm, I'm uh, participating in questioning veterans around the quality of care, and I'm getting an earful, of the quality of care at VA medical centers. Um, And for a time, I volunteered in the mental health clinic at uh, the Washington DC VA. And I saw men and women who were there, um, some of them because they were um, involuntarily, if you will, committed, and some who checked themselves in, uh, Dwayne, because they knew something wasn't 
quite right with them and it was impacting their lives and their livelihoods and their families. And so they wanted to get better and they wanted to take whatever steps were necessary offered by the VA uh, to get on the other side of PTSD. And so there was just uh, so many stories of bravery and courage that I saw as a volunteer. And what I admired was the fact that even though it's not as severe as it was, there's still a bit of a stigma attached to a veteran admitting, I have a mental health issue. It should not be, uh, but it still is a reality. So to step up and say, I need help in that vein, I think is very courageous. So it's not a sign of weakness to say, I need help in the area of mental health. It is a sign of strength. Yes, and that's that's exactly why I was so encouraged to have you on the show, because even with your journalistic background and, and of course, being able to, to highlight, you know, uh, certain stories, um, you're not... Um, you're not blind to the fact of the impact um, both on the military, on the service member, but also on the family um, and and that the mental health and wellness of the service member uh, is as important a story for you uh, as as just sort of those feel good coming home kind of things. Oh, absolutely. And I can also uh, tell you, Dwayne, that this interest um, and this interest of mine in covering um, news and and information related to veterans really was born out of my experiences as a young child experiencing um, the Vietnam War through the eyes of my family. Uh, first of all, uh, my dad, my dad did not serve in, in Vietnam, but when he would come home from work, uh, it was always front and center because um, they called the Vietnam War uh, the living room war, because it was played out in homes night after night after night, and it was unfiltered. You could actually see, you know, combat footage and um, the the bravery of the the men and women who served, but you also saw the fear uh, that lived in them as well. And so I was really, really shy as a child. It's, it's interesting. They say, okay, so now you're in journalism and you're in front of the camera and you sing, but you know, I, it, it happened over time, but when I was young, I was very uh, timid and shy. And so I didn't know, I was too shy to ask about what I was seeing, even though I was having a heck of a time processing what I was seeing. Um, so no one explained it to me and I was too shy to ask, you know, is this really happening? Or, you know, are, are these men actually getting hit? And, you know, is this, uh, this, this, it looks like some kind of a jungle. Where is this? What's going on? On. So I had that playing in my childhood, as well as seeing men, young men from my neighborhood, uh, return from their tour of duty in Vietnam. And they were so different from the way I remembered them when they left. And so my, my sister, who's older than I am, you know, they would come and visit her. And I would just, just overhear and notice that they seemed so different, the things they talked about, and they were so agitated and they kept talking about the enemy and they seemed um, they seemed uh, mature so far beyond their years. And in addition to that, just talking about the layers of my early childhood experience in um, mental health and military and, and veterans, I had an uncle who was a, a captain in the Vietnam War and uh, he was deeply impacted by uh, what he saw and what he did. And so he came back um, to the States um, with severe 
um, mental um, instability to the point where he had to be admitted into a hospital and he spent um, just years and years of his life, you know, trying to get help, but unable to uh, rejoin, if you will, um, society. So all of that was going on and I was, was trying to process it, but was having a very difficult time. And as I grew older, I became um, just just transfixed with the Vietnam War. I read a lot of books. I saw a lot of films and documentaries because I wanted to understand what that conflict was all about. And I felt I had such empathy for the men and women who served. And the question became, you know, well, how is that going to come out in your life? Because surely it left a mark and, and surely you care and care deeply. And and so that's where the book came from. I was at a space in, and time in my life professionally where I had a bit of downtime where I could devote to putting together some thoughts and talking with uh, professionals in the field. In fact, the Army, I contacted the Army and asked if they could find a child psychiatrist who could work with me as a consultant to the book to make sure what I was 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 communicating was factual and that it would be appropriate for a certain age group. So Ashley's High Five for Daddy, Dwayne, is the name of the book. And it's a, it's a children's picture book for children ages four to six. And so um, uh, the, the Army uh, put me in touch with a child psychiatrist at Womack Army Medical Center. That's at um, Fort Bragg, which is in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Um, uh, Dr. John Lessica is his name, and he worked so closely with me and, and helping me put uh, this book together. Um, but what I what it allowed me to do was to take all of those feelings and emotions that were deep seated but unexpressed, deep seated yet unexpressed, and bring those um, uh, to to life, to bring it all to life. And so that was the motivation behind the book, knowing that knowing. Um, combat veterans who uh, were having some tr trouble adjusting and uh, really needed time and space after you have that beautiful, you know, homecoming, which we all, of course, love to see play out on television and in videos. But, you know, that's kind of like a, a honeymoon period for military families. And it's like, well, what happens after that? And what if there is um, a veteran who loves his or her family yet, uh, it's kind of um, it's, it's like, like an activity overload and it's too much going on, too much to process at one time. And so it uh, the book was born out of how do you have a conversation with the young child around that in a way that makes sense to him or her. And I, and I think that's a, some really great background um, for the book specifically mm -hmm. in seeing you you experienced um, Ashley as yourself, and 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 knowing that, I can see where um, uh, Ashley in the book, and, and we'll we'll explain a little bit more about the book in a minute. But you, as a young lady, uh, you as a child, really seeing that with your your you know the men in the uh, your community and your uncle, and having the same questions, but then also as an adult recognizing that history is essentially repeating itself. And knowing that there are other young men and women, children out there who had the same questions that you did. Um, and, and this is a way for you to answer those questions for yourself and for them. Yes, the, uh, they are. There are uh, modern day uh, military families and combat veterans um, who are similarly situated. And so I saw so many 
parallels, but uh, rather than have a child be kind of stuck in, um, in a situation that doesn't make sense to them, I wanted to make it so that the parents could explain to her in a way that she would understand and with great love and caring um, why her dad was just a little bit different and why he needed space and how this, um, and, and then to make the high five just um, a symbol of, let it be symbolic of unbroken everlasting love between a parent and child so that when words can't be expressed for whatever reason, they have a symbol that um, solidifies and their love and it shows um, it's it's an understanding between them that everything really is okay. Right, and 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 that the the story is impactful. Um, I, I think I, I told you obviously when I first read it, and it and it is a children's book, uh, but it's impactful for a father who um, had experienced this own uh, this homecoming on his own. So so maybe if you could talk us through uh, the book a little bit. Ashley is the the main character, and her father is returning from Afghanistan, and that's really where the book starts. That's right. So there's all of this happiness and joy and anticipation as her dad is is coming home from um, from the war. And um, there's so there's a homecoming coming up. Uh, you know, they're 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 going to the military base to see him, to embrace him, to take him home. There's a there's a party uh, that's planned and executed. It, it's carried out and family and friends are there to share in the moment. Um, so it is a time and lots of pictures are being taken and there's a lot of noise and, um, it's a, it's a loving scene, but it's also, you know, there's a lot of uh, chaos just because there's so much happiness and celebrating going on. And so, um, so, so Ashley's dad, uh, is taking all of this in, in, um, and has a moment where it gets to be just a little bit too much, you know, there's, there's too much talking, there's too much music, there's too much, you know, um, uh, uh, taking pictures. Uh, it, it's just a, a it's chaos. Scene. Right? It's, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't want to call it chaos, but, but, but for, but, just, but for him processing sure. it, 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 it truly is. Um, you know, we watch soldiers come and go from deployments and they come home and there's a joy in homecoming, but it, there's also some difficulty that, that shows up as well as a military member is being integrated uh, into family life and, and back into society. So I wanted the book to be, uh, to demonstrate that there is a need for, for the grownups in the family to prepare themselves and their children for the possibility that their loved one returning from service may need some extra time and space as they are being reintroduced into the family. And so uh, there's a signal, a high five that reminds Ashley uh, and her dad of, of their love for each other when words and other actions um, just for whatever reason cannot be helpful. So that happens. And if, um, if you don't mind, there's a, a part in the, the book I'd, I'd love to, to share um, with your listeners. It's, it's a part of the book that, I don't know, I, I love uh, the illustrations uh, that my illustrator did. And um, it's, it's just, I mean, they're beautiful, but um, there's, there's an image of Ashley face to face with her mom, a really, really close shot. And um, she's beautiful. Her mom is beautiful. And Ashley is just trying to understand. And um, Dwayne, if it's okay, I'll, I'll read. It's just um, a page or two. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay. 
um, because because Ashley sees her dad leave with all of, you know, it's like they were just beginning to have cake and she can't understand, you know, this is like the best party ever. And dad, I saw dad go back into the house. So it, it reads as follows. Ashley's mom pulls her close to her side. Ashley, your dad was in a place where there were big noises around him and lots of people. It was loud almost all the time, mom said. You mean like music on the radio or fireworks on the 4th of July, Mom? Ashley asks. Yeah, but it was 10 times louder than that, her mom explains. Ashley's mom told her that there would be times that her dad would need to take a break from big noises and crowds of people. Okay, Ashley says. So she be, so just leaving that there, she begins to understand in, in a way that makes sense to her why her dad may want to get away from the balloons and the music and all of the, the, the loud talking that's going on. And so um, I believe that there is a way to explain anything to a child. I mean, you don't have to go you know, way out there in terms of like, explaining why a mom or dad may be different than the child remembered. But, you know, a simple statement of, of facts like that with love and caring uh, is, is enough. And you and I were talking, Dwayne, about how as a child, for, um, for a military child who's 13, 14, 15, the conversation would go down uh, very a differently. lot. Very, very differently, yes. So, um, so, so that was my point. I believe that, you know, children just want to be safe and their world is so small, obviously, compared to ours, that when something comes along and shakes it up a little bit, I mean, it's huge. Something that seems small to us, it's huge to them. I mean, and, and they're sponges and they absorb so much. And when that is disrupted in just the slightest way, it has a big, big impact. And so um, her mom Ashley's mom helps her understand um, why her dad may just may need space um, from time to time, you know, as he's as he's getting used to being back home with the family and she gets it. And then, you know, the book in a few pages in uh, further, I should say, Dwayne, um, she, she and her dad, her dad comes out, you know, he's cool, he's fine. And then they that when they do the high five, it's like, ah, you know, she knows like we're, we're so good, like we're fine. And because it's a children's book, Dwayne, I, I didn't get deep into uh, post-traumatic stress. It, it's just, it becomes a tool, a way for uh, families who are, are maybe searching and challenged to find ways to talk about it. It becomes a way for them to open um, and engage their children in conversation with what's going on. And I don't believe that um, silence is an answer to uh, what's going on in a family as it relates to um, the the rhythm of the household being um, disturbed in a big way or in a small way uh, due to something that's that's different with with the parent. I don't believe that silence is an answer. That there's a way to open communication, and then you can say, well, and we'll, we can talk some more about this later. But you know, let's let's enjoy and and love each other through what's going on. I think that's that's very possible and um, and very necessary. No, and that you're absolutely correct. And and silence is not the answer, and and not just um, uh, intergenerationally between children, but but also between parents um, and between spouses and things like that. Um, you know, and so 
of course, uh, I had a, a mentor of mine say, it's always good to have somebody that you can say anything to, but you don't have to tell them everything. Oh, um, and, right? that's I mean, a gem and, right there. And it is. Yes. And that's, you know, so so when I came back from, from my deployments, I knew that I would be able to tell my wife anything and and she wouldn't judge me or or you know condemn me or, or anything like that. but I also didn't have to tell her everything there was that sort of that safety net and you mentioned how you didn't get that deep into uh, into things or, or PTSD um, in the book but yet it is it is a pretty accurate representation um, and it is pretty deep and, and as um, if you'll indulge me uh, in a passage in the book that was it, it, it was impactful for me as a parent because it, it shows the impact of this. And, and in the beginning of it, this is earlier than the party. Uh, and Ashley and, and uh, I think uh, her grandparents are in the backseat. She's in the backseat with their grandparents. Um, and her father is driving, which is a fun, you know, he hasn't driven in uh, America in, in how long. Um, but then, uh, but there's there's some noise there too, right? Ashley, it's getting a little overwhelming for Ashley. Um, and so it says it's all too much for eight-year-old Ashley to take. The car is noisy. Everybody's talking at the same time. Mom, can you please turn the radio up, she says. She dances in her seat. It's my favorite band, Forever Young, Ashley says. She leans closer to a dad's seat. Daddy, did you get to listen to all the music you like while you were gone, she asked. I sure did, her father answers. I would sing along with the music in the way we always used to. It made me think of you and your mom, he says softly. And that's a and, and you could see that his mind is still where he came from. That that is a very accurate reflection of of even this small reminder. I'm I'm still there and yet I'm here and it reminds me of how much I missed your mother and you, right? I miss my family. And and yet, you know, this isn't and of course this goes over Ashley's head, um, but it still shows the impact of what this reunion is. Um, on the family. And so I think it's a really great, accurate representation of how the adults see the, the reunion, even if Ashley doesn't pick up on how deep that gets. That's right, because at a time where, you know, there is obvious um, joy around the occasion, there's, there's some apprehension and, and there's concern because, I mean, he the, the dad has gone from, you know, from war zone. And of course, there's a there's a period of, you know, readjustment and, and you're there and you're you're getting yourself grounded and situated to what's going to come next. But um, but but there's a there's a lot of concern and and um, an apprehension. So, and, and, and I know that that's natural and normal. But then when you bring in um, young kids and children into that equation, um, you know, it just, it becomes necessary to either, to plan ahead of time how you might deal um, with adjustment issues because it's, um, that's natural and normal in the process of readjusting. Um, the, you know, there, there are going to be issues that come up. Um, they were in, in a very dangerous place and now they're back home and, uh, you know, balancing that and having that make sense is is a challenge um, for any any family. Um, you know, just my, my heart and my hat goes off to um, to, to the families who um, who reunite and then have to to deal with the issues of of war. I mean, when war when, when they leave the war, you know, it comes 
it comes home with the, them. The war does not. Yeah, that's exactly it. The, the war does not stay where it is. Um, and, and this is um, a phenomenon that I, I regularly see with veterans um, and, mm-hmm. and, of course, even experienced myself. Um, I, I wrote a blog post and um, as, as well as linking um, to, to where the listeners can find Ashley's High Five for Daddy. I'm also going to link to this post, but it's it's uh, it, it's, you know, what happens when Johnny comes marching home, but Johnny's not Johnny anymore. Right. Whoa. When 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 I yeah. came back in the front door, I was only gone for a year um, and I still looked like me. But yet I wasn't necessarily the same me on the inside. And this is what's happening to Ashley's daddy is to Ashley's eyes. Maybe he lost a little more weight or, or gained a little weight or whatever it was, but he's still the same person. But veterans are not necessarily the same person on the inside when they come home. And the book does a very uh, good, uh, very respectful job of handling that um, and and not saying, you know, maybe where there's a, you know, where the father, where daddy's trying to get away from the party and mom's saying, no, 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 you have to stay. That that there's some grace there that he's allowed to be taking some time to to fully come back. And um, and have that when it when it occurs and have that make sense and be all right is um, is just huge um, in in um, getting the book published. You know, I began and once it was published, I began to hear from people that I know who are veterans uh, who purchased the book and um, and they had conversations with me about how it landed on them and how it landed on their families. And one um one veteran, uh, a woman, female veteran, uh, wrote me that she had um, post-traumatic stress and she had two young sons. And when she came home, she, she was showing the signs of, of that, um, the distress of having post-traumatic stress and the symptoms were coming out. And her husband at the time told her that he was going to give her six months to get her act together or they were going to, to separate and divorce and, you know, he was going to leave. And so six months went by and she was still in the throes of her condition. And he actually, he left her. And so he left her with two young boys. And she said she wished that there had been um, a book like Ashley's High Five for Daddy when she was caught up in that situation, trying to make sense of of, of a world that her world that had shattered and truly it had just gone crazy um, with him leaving her in distress and two young boys. Um, she said that it would have helped her greatly to explain to them what was going on with her. Her situation, not like Ashley's um, in, in the specifics, but it would have been a tool for her to at least begin to open conversations around what was happening to her. And I think that's really where um, the book is very beneficial. Um, again, in my experience as a, a clinical mental health provider, um, I know veterans desperately want to tell their story while at the same time and in an equal measure, nobody can drag it out of them um, or, or, or they don't know how to, to talk about it. Uh, and I can see Ashley's High Five for Daddy being a medium through which the story is communicated without it being so personal. Um, it's, it's yeah. very much mm-hmm. a, a tool or a measure, um, to be able to say, I really, maybe I'm not even aware of what I personally feel. Um, but this book 
seems to tell you, seems to make me feel the way I feel, and it can give you an idea of what I'm feeling. Um, and and that's that's definitely how I read it, and it sounds like that's some of the impact that it's had uh, on some of the feedback you've gotten. Yes, um, it's it's a very healthy um, reaction to um, to what happens to veterans, and then what, how how it spills over and impacts their little ones as well. Um, I had one military mom. Uh, take the book to her children's school. She had uh, two young children and um, she wanted to have it in the media center and have um, the, the the classes of her children read it. Like the children, her, her children's schoolmates, classmates actually experienced the book because they knew that, you know, their classmate's dad was in Afghanistan and he was back and, and the family was having issues, but it just wanted... Um, the, the classmates to have a glimpse of the life of a military child. They, they were not on a base and, you know, all the kids were from the, um, experiencing some of the same experiences on a base in a military community. They were, you know, just in regular society and a regular uh, public school. And so, so I had that kind of reaction. I also um, had talked to a veteran whose son uh, had a better understanding of why his dad, you know, who loved to go to the beach, all of a sudden he returned home from combat and he didn't want to go to the beach anymore. And he was like, dad, you know, like dad doesn't want to go near the sand and mom, you know, this is where we always have so much fun. And, you know, you know, why, why are we not going to the beach or why is dad reacting this way to going to the beach or to talk, to talk about the beach? And so the book became a tool for them to explain, you know, why, the, the dad was having just an, an adverse reaction to an activity that the family used to um, to love together. So again, it, it's just opening up communications. And sometimes, you know, it's it's too close and it's too deep uh, for a, a family member to reveal. And then this this keeps it on the surface, but at least it addresses what is clearly uh, going on in a family when something's different. Something's not quite the same. And when something is different, and I don't mean to say something's wrong with the mother or father, but I would just say when something is different, um, children know and they pick up on it. And and then I just go back, Dwayne, to um, to the reality and the fact that, you know, silence is, is not the way. It's not an answer because whatever whatever is happening, it stays there. And I can certainly attest to that. You know, it stays there, and if it, if it's not addressed, you know, it just kind of grows and festers and comes out in different ways. And so, the best thing, you know, is to have a short conversation about it. And um, I guess, you know, children just want to want to know that it's not their fault. They want to know that they're going to be safe, and you know, everything's all right, and and that the love. I mean, they they want to know that the love is still there. And those things are so basic. Yes, absolutely. And I and I think the book is a good model for parents to address their own uh, homecoming in which you see the dad and the illustrations are very good and you can see him um, being stressed at the party. But then when he comes back out, he's in his civilian clothes. He has, um, you know, he's obviously maybe changed, maybe had a beer or whatever. Um, but then he comes out and gives that same signal. And for, for Ashley and her daddy, it's a high five. It could be a fist bump. It could be anything. But having that thing that tells the child you're safe, I still love you, 
that's the important thing um, that uh, that that sort of gives the child the comfort. Yes, that and that's what it's all about. It, any kind of a signal, like you said, a high five or a fist bump, um, it it solidifies the, the relationship and the, the, the normalcy of the relationship, reminding the, the child, the, the young one, of the service member's love when words and other actions just are not helpful or for some reason, you know, the, the right words don't come up. Um, we all ex- and love to experience the joy through the eyes of a military family when they come back together, these reunifications are extraordinary. But um, military families also have to deal with regaining uh, and re-entering uh, society and, and a new normal. And so this book um, is is a tool to do that. Um, I think our, our families, military families, persevere and demonstrate the, the grace and strength that they have uh, through the eyes and the experiences of Ashley's family. No, I entirely agree, and uh, and it, it is a very well done book. Um, I, I again, I, I think it's worth um, looking at both from a parent standpoint and a child standpoint. Uh, so, if listeners were interested in getting the book um, or for themselves, or maybe for a family member, uh, where can they find it, and where can they find more about you if they'd like to connect? Well, they can go to Amazon, Amazon, and just put um, Ashley's High Five for Daddy in the search block, search box. And I have, uh, I'm working with a public, great publishing company of military veterans. It's called Tactical 16. Uh, you, they can find out more about me on that website, tactical16.com, and, uh, and um, read some of the book and order the book through Tactical 16 as well. Yeah, and I'm definitely going to make sure that there are links to that in the show notes um, as it is and, and also uh, much appreciation to Tactical 16 and a friend of the show, Chris Schaefer, who connected the two of us um, that's mm-hmm. working with Tactical 16. Um, and, and even Chris, as he and I were talking about this book, um, how important it was for him and, and, and for military service members to to, to be able to use this to be able to communicate to their kids. So uh, I think that it's a, it's a great book and, and, uh, and definitely is, is worth getting the information out there. Thank you. It was uh, just an honor meeting you and I wanted to personally thank you for your service. But I always feel that when you, after you thank a veteran for his or her service, you, you should next think, how can I, what action can I take to back that up? Whether it's, uh, helping them with a job, pointing them in the right direction to a job. If it's um, offering to be of any kind of assistance or service, if you've got some knowledge that you can pass on, it's just, you know, with the thanks, I think the next step should be action. And my writing this book was a way to demonstrate, to to demonstrate beyond thanking uh, veterans, um, showing them my compassion and wanting to be of service to them for the service they provide to us. And that's exactly what I was going to say is the the action that you've taken with this book and even sharing the book with us. um, It it goes to show exactly what I said at the beginning, um, that when you personally say thank you for your service, it's not just an empty platitude. Uh, It is it is truly something that you really believe. Um, and, And this action that you took with the book is a great way to show that. So thank you for coming on the show. Oh, Dwayne, thank you so much. My pleasure. 
You're listening to Headspace and Timing on the Change Your POV Podcast Network. When Pam and I recorded the episode, I didn't necessarily intend for it to be released around Father's Day, but as it was scheduled, we thought that it would be appropriate for the show to be released today. As a father myself, having gone through four deployments and countless other separations, reintegration is a very real and possibly challenging event. There wasn't a year between 2006 and 2013 that I wasn't gone for part of or even the entire year. My children were in kindergarten when I started to deploy and approaching high school when I stopped. That's a large amount of time in any life, but especially a child's life. Another thing that this book illustrates is that veteran mental health does not happen in a vacuum. Ashley's daddy isn't broken, he isn't damaged, but he certainly changed after returning from combat. After all, who wouldn't be? The things that served members saw and did changed them in big ways and small ways, and that's a reality that we have to address. If you have a child or know other veterans who have children, take the time to get the book. As Pam mentioned, it can be used to help children understand transition, and it can be used to help non-military children understand what their fellow classmates are experiencing. Getting the word out is critical, and Pam's book is an easy way to do that. A couple reminders, I'm giving away free books to organizational partners. June's partner is Inner Resource Psychotherapy and the owner of the practice, Amy Otzel, is an Army veteran. Amy and I have had some great conversations and I hope to have her on the show in July. If you want to support Amy's work regarding veteran mental health, head on over to veteranmentalhealth.com forward slash combat vet book and pick up a copy. And I'd like to remind everybody that we have a daily update on Amazon Alexa. Just go to veteranmentalhealth.com forward slash Alexa and add the update to your flash briefing and you'll get daily updates about veteran mental health and wellness. And every once in a while, you might get a chance to get a free copy of the Combat Vet book as well. Just listen daily to check it out. Next week, we're talking to another mental health professional who's not a veteran but has taken time to understand veterans. Tom Ayala is a licensed professional counselor serving rural veterans in Oregon. And we have a great conversation about the uniqueness of meeting the needs of these veterans. So tune in next week. And until then, stay focused and be well. I'd like to thank the Change Your POV podcast network for hosting this show and highlighting the critical importance of veteran mental health. We want to hear from you. You can reach out to me via email at Duane at You can find me at Twitter at The Counseling Vet or head on over to Facebook and look for the Change Your POV squad. You can find the show notes for this episode and all the episodes by going to VeteranMentalHealth.com or ChangeYourPOV.com. Sign up for updates on either or both so you don't miss another episode. While you're at it, check out the other great shows on the Change Your POV podcast network. The show about remembering our military history and reviving our warrior spirit, changing hearts and minds. The show about outdoor activities that us veterans love so much, Neophyte in the Woods. The show that helps us get going at the beginning of the week, Motivation Monday. And Attack Fridays, the show that brings you actionable tips, tricks, and coachable knowledge to help you make the best of your transition. While you're checking out the other shows, drop us a review in iTunes or whatever podcast platform you're listening to. The reviews really help spread the word about what we're doing. If you're looking for the total package for all the information you need to live the life you want after leaving the military, you found it. If you know of a buddy who's looking for the same info, share it with them so they can find it too. I want to thank Doc Todd for his permission to use his track, Not Alone, from his amazing album, Combat Medicine. Doc Todd is somebody who's trying to bring veteran mental health out of the darkness and into the light, and you can get the album by going to therealdoctod.com. Check it out, because remember, veterans, you're not alone. Ever. (laughs) 
The struggle is real Found a piece and lost a soul Eventually my drinking It got out of control There in darkness I roam Struggling to find home See suddenly death Didn't feel so alone 22 a day Destination unknown It could have been avoided If you picked up the phone But now you're gone So I guess all we get is the tone Nothing but bone weeds Overgrown pushing up stones I've triumphed over enemies Co-creating enemies Broke out facilities That tried to put an end to me R.I.P. I'd rather grind in tranquility Authentic Tennessee Embrace my ability Are you looking for more ways to learn about military and veteran culture? Are you a mental health professional or public health professional without lived experience in the military but find yourself working with veterans? Are you a caregiver or a family member of a veteran? Then you might be interested in a series of books that have been released with you in mind. By going to veteranmentalhealth.com forward slash books, you can check out three books that give you an insight into veteran mental health from a combat veteran perspective. These books are a collection of short, consumable essays that discuss a wide range of topics related to mental health and wellness in post-military life. Head on over to VeteranMentalHealth.com forward slash books and check them out for yourself or follow the link in the show notes.